you get my green M&Ms? What? Did you get my green M&Ms? What? Where did you? What do you mean a green M&M? No, my green M&Ms. I'm like, Mariah, I have to have green M&Ms now. <laughs> Are you ready? Sure. Hi, and welcome to a new creation podcast. I'm Amy, and I'm here with my husband, Jason. Hello. All right. So the story today is about the Civil War. Okay. Okay. You like the Civil War, or is it your dad that liked the Civil War? Uh, I think it's my dad. Okay. So... Civil War. There's 600. Who likes Civil War? It's like, ooh, can we take a boat? Who wants to do a Civil War? Oh, me, 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 me. I don't. Maybe I meant to say, like, doesn't the Civil War (laughs) pique your interest? Either way, 600,000 American soldiers died. It was the largest American soldier, like, loss of life, casualty. But doesn't that make sense? Because we're fighting ourselves. That's, well, yes, so I was just going to say that. if we kill the right guy or the wrong guy, or whoever we kill, it's all the it's American, American. Guy. Right. Okay. All right, back on topic. So two-thirds of the 600,000 soldiers that died, died of disease. They actually didn't die, like, immediately on the battlefield. They died from disease. So the last, this, so the Civil War is also the last major conflict that was before the modern germ theory. So people lived in super close quarters, terrible sanitary conditions. Um, nobody was washing like themselves, their clothes. Even the doctors like weren't washing their aprons. They weren't washing tools in between. They just didn't know that germs existed. Which to me, when I first heard the story, I was like, wouldn't one look at their hands and be like, ew, let me get all these other people's blood off my hands before I put my hands in other people. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. If only there was signs to show them how to wash their hands. Right. Well, they didn't have that. But Info commercials. I don't think they had commercials to begin with. <laughs> they just had dirty hands, dirty clothes, dirty everything, right? So diseases were running rampant in camps. They honestly had no idea how germs were spread. They were amputating and doing surgery in barns. So nobody went anywhere? Like, hey, go to the hospital? There wasn't a hospital then. Do they call them something different? Like an infirmary, a hospice? uh... No. Well, they didn't have modern hospitals like we know it. So that Mm. was still when you had house calls. Like the doctor would just come to your house and like do surgery in the parlor or something. You know Mm. what I mean? So April 7th, 1862, one of the bloodiest confrontations of the Civil War. Do you know which battle it was? Antietam? No. Mm. The battle. Gettysburg? No. Shiloh? Yes. Okay. The Battle of Shiloh. So after two days of fighting, more than 20,000 men lie dying or dead. The general at the time, General Ulysses S. Grant, he said he was looking out over the battlefield. And there were so many dead or dying men that he said he could walk from one side of the battlefield to the other without ever touching ground. So you're totally intermingling both Union and Confederate, Confederate soldiers here. Okay? I feel like you could probably reference that a different way as night falls thousands of soldiers lie wounded waiting to be rescued and hoping that they're rescued before their wounds became infected so what happens next is one of the greatest mysteries of the civil war april so it's really cold so all these soldiers are out there shivering like almost freezing to death the wounded soldiers notice a faint soft bluish greenish glow coming from their wounds 
After being rescued, the soldiers noticed. Now, this wasn't all, this wasn't everybody. They just noticed that this glowing was coming from certain soldiers' wounds. So after being rescued, the soldiers noticed that those who had this green glow did not have as bad of infections and tended to fare better and survive their wounds than those who weren't glowing on the field. So they named this greenish glow Angel's Glow. And it really was pretty miraculous because people who had suffered similar wounds had died. So they couldn't, they could not figure out what was doing this. And so this angel glow remained a mystery for 150 years. Any idea what it could be? No, I've never heard of this. It's super interesting, huh? <laughs> All right. <laughs> yes, it is. It's very interesting. Angels, but angels Please glow. go on. They glowed in the dark. The wounded soldiers glowed in the dark. So in January. Glow in the dark, wounded soldiers. Correct. In yes. January of 2019, a 17-year-old high school student visits the field from the Battle of Shiloh. For his science project, he studied the soil and found a bacterium that glowed. This bacterium emitted a type of parasitic worm that would then glow in the bloodstream, and it was bioluminescent. It would get into the veins and cause the blood to glow. The bacteria were infecting the wounds and exuding antimicrobial and antibacterial properties. So it's like good bacteria versus bad bacteria, right? And so this reduced the level of infections in the soldiers. And what's really interesting is had they realized then what was happening, they would have kind of basically discovered this as being an antibiotic and could have used it to treat thousands of soldiers and potentially save hundreds of thousands of lives. So a couple things. Well, one thing, when I, when I watched this, because <clears throat> I actually watched a documentary on it, and it was like no kidding real worms parasitic worms in and, their blood in their blood and they were by well right that's what i was saying it's like i was like i don't know if i would want to hedge my bets with the dirt scalpel or put the glowing worms in my blood <laughs> oh well it seems like it helped right is that where we're going or yeah. just taking well, a yeah, horrible it was... turn that i'm not seeing yet <laughs> no it they became zombies and wandered the earth Mm-mm. undead no, it was because a lot, of, a lot of like medical breakthroughs happened through sheer accident. Like in England, during smallpox, smallpox around for 10,000 years. And in England, the milkmaids weren't contracting smallpox, and they couldn't figure out why. And they realized because they were being exposed to cowpox by milking the cows. And so they were getting basically these small doses of a very similar disease that then was building up their immunity. And so now that's viral versus bacteria. But again, it was an accidental thing. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, thought There's it was interesting. So much stuff going on in your head. I know. <laughs> but yeah, so glowworms. Boom. Dirt glowworm. Dirt glowworm. <gasps> Rub some dirt in it. Maybe that's where the saying comes from. And we never knew. Did you just come up with that right now? It literally just popped into my brain. Hmm. Rub some dirt on it. All right, are you ready for my cool Bible stuff? Yes. So this is 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. You've heard that Mm -hmm. verse before, right? I like that verse. What hit me, what struck me was, okay, I'm going to get a little technical in the whole science realm here. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you have the creation and you have the creator. The creator has to exist outside of its creation. So God exists outside of what he's created. So God created everything. 
the heavens and the earth, us, the angels, everything, right? So none of us can create anything new. And what I mean by that is if you go back to the idea of energy can neither be created nor destroyed. Energy just changes forms, right? So we know that scientifically. We are just changing energy that exists. We're just we're just manipulating it, right? Now, who is like the master manipulator? The enemy. The enemy, right? And so the enemy cannot create anything. He cannot make anything. He cannot produce anything. The enemy can only manipulate what already exists. You think about it in the context of we think, well, I can't get through this thing or I can't overcome this thing. Like this is too big. This is too much. It is nothing more than just a manipulation of what God has already put out. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And so it gives us that realization of things are surmountable because it has no more power than I have. It's just another one of the things within creation. The enemy is only trying to manipulate what's here. And so when God says over and over and over again, Old Testament, New Testament, that he makes all things new, only God can make new things. He can make a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. God has the power to be able to destroy the things of the old and create something new. When we say we're a new creation in God, when we receive the Holy Spirit, we truly have become new. Not just a different version of the old, but we've become a new version of ourselves. And so if the enemy was manipulating or perverting the old version of us, God actually comes in and creates a completely new version of us. And only God can do it. I just think that's awesome. Yeah, that's really, I mean, it's that, that verse you talked about, but yeah, it's a really good breakdown of it and how it, we're on equal footing with other creations. And yeah, the enemy is just here to lie, kill, and destroy. Mm-hmm. He, it, whatever's happening, whatever we're facing can't kill us. Even if we're, even if there's nothing left, right? Even if that we have just been swallowed up by the worst things that we can think of. That, what we're going through, cannot kill us. And and God can bring us back from anything because he literally makes us new. I just like that. I like that idea. I think it's more of an, more than an idea. I think it's more like a uh, like a promise, like where you say mm-hmm. there's always a promise in the Bible. He, he just looked for those promises in the Bible. And he talks about that over and over again, both in the, like you said, in the New Testament and the Old Testament, establishing you. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, and, and his love for us is so great and so amazing and just so overwhelming that, I mean, if we only give in to that, let him submit our lives to him and then our wills, we can experience that, that love that he has for us. That's a really interesting take. I don't know if we've ever talked about this before. Mm-hmm. No. Was- <laughs> we've talked about a lot of this stuff that we're talking mm-hmm. about in these podcasts, but I don't know if we ever talked about this before. It's really cool. And like, you know, the saying goes, the, the, the T-shirt or the bumper sticker, like all things are possible through mm-hmm. God. Because he exists outside of the rules that we exist within. You know, no eye has seen, no ear has heard the true glory of God. And that also includes all the like magnificent and miraculous things that God can do. We're not supposed to understand them. We're not supposed to, but we, but like you said, giving up your will and, and not allowing the enemy to have any other footing. When they say, don't give him a foothold, don't, don't even let him in for a little bit because it's not like he's going to create all these new things. He's just going to take what you have and twist it all around. Prayer is the best thing, is the, that direct conduit. You know, this world is just all over the place sometimes, and it's hard to stay the course and stay on the narrow path, mm-hmm. if you will. 
And I really like that saying of just resting in his presence mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just have that relationship with him. You don't have to be asking for anything or trying or you just rest in that presence. And I think that sometimes we lose that where we're asking for stuff and we're mm-hmm. struggling and I get it. And that the world is a struggle and, you know, recovery. I think just resting in his presence, I mean, the God of the universe, you know, is a lot. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, just to be, anyway. Well, this past um, week we did our Thanksgiving, so we didn't actually have a lesson of yours this past week. We did Thanksgiving, which was awesome. And I think the biggest thing that stood out to me for Thanksgiving was just looking on the table and just seeing God's promises all around us to see new creation, including ourselves. I think that's a beautiful thing. I just, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking more about moral inventory, and then we're also going to be getting into spiritual inventory. Before Thanksgiving, which was amazing, we talked about um, moral, mm-hmm. and and then this is all part of that inventory process, which is when you start looking at it, you, everybody thinks it's kind of like, oh man, this is where a lot of people kind of like back off, shy away from it. But I mean, this is literally when, I mean, we, we have this tool um, at our at our fingertips, literally, to use to really address some of these deep-rooted, the, 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 the base layers, the base level of these hurts, habits, and hang-ups mm-hmm. on the surface and just be like, oh, I don't want to do this. This isn't where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And I know I was like that. I was like, oh, I don't, I don't want to do this. But, I mean, you're just going to still keep experiencing that because you never truly felt what you were supposed to feel maybe mm-hmm. at that point. Sometimes you, you stuff some feelings and you remedicate. It's not easy, I'll give you that. It's difficult. But I mean, the, actually, the healing, the work that we do on our side of that is to get down to these basic things that we've experienced or that we've done. It's a whole spectrum, but it allows us to really dig down and, and find the, uh, the root of the matter. It's just one of those things where, like, I mean, I, I think about that term, the constant gardener, because mm-hmm. you've got to be going through your life. And you're pulling up weeds, but then you're nourishing like plants, flowers, mm-hmm. vegetables, you know, fruits, whatever. You're going through and you're pulling up these weeds and you never want to get just the top of the weed. I mean, everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. You want to reach down, sink your fingers in and just pull the whole plant up so it doesn't ever come back up. Mm-hmm. It, it's like I said, it's, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a big part of this, this program and this process is that inventory. So. Yeah, we're going to keep working on it. We're going to, um, this coming week is inventory, the actual uh, lesson on it. Mm-hmm. And it gets into the actual columns and the worksheets and everything. And it's really good. It, it breaks it down and lets you get started. And then, yes, it moves into spiritual inventory. Going back through that inventory allows us to look at those things with a fresh perspective through the lens of how God intended for us to see it, not how the enemy has kind of twisted it and mutated it over time. And and I think that's important. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm looking forward to inventory. I'm looking forward to spiritual inventory so we can see the difference between spiritual and moral inventory and kind of what that means for the next steps for us. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing everybody again. So I think it's going to be good. <laughs> I think it will be too. <laughs> All right. So if you guys want more of us, you can join us every Friday at Emmaus Road Community Church in Laramie. You can also check us out on Facebook at Celebrate Recovery Emmaus Road. And you can come back here every Tuesday to hear a new episode of a new creation hey i got that all out like in that one amazing. take you're so good that's why you do the announcements <laughs> it's like one take boom 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 i just start talking and can't even remember what i was talking about that's okay you just got lots to say mm. all right you <laughs> all right everyone thank you guys so much for joining us we love you all and we'll talk to you soon <laughs> bye